you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports. That's right, everybody. This is State of My Sports, and this is episode 140, a Monday edition. We're watching the Rams game. It means a little bit to the Lions. Um, I'd rather see them win than it be beneficial Lions, but we'll get into that maybe. We're going to keep the NFL ball rolling and talk about what we saw during Wild Card Weekend and what traits we saw in particular that were like, dang, that's what I want in Detroit. Man, that would look good right there. Well, that was good. Well, we're not talking about quarterbacks, though. Oh, that's that's the Stafford. one stipulation. We can't talk quarterbacks. Um, we're going to discuss the Lions offseason a bit more in depth with cap space, potential free agents Lions might lose and how they can fill those needs outside of the draft. We'll have our mock draft 2.0 and catch up on the Pistons and Red Wings. With the Rams and Cardinals game still going on, we will not be making our picks of the week. We'll do that off air, um, but we will grade our Michigan beer, which is from Heartland Brewing Company. Shout out to Aaron Reed. Thank you for this opportunity. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, please let us know in the comments. Be part of the conversation. We got John working back there. He's, he's monitoring the the comments so if you can if it's good enough he'll he'll read it so are you are you distracted yet no with the tv on i'm doing my best watch stafford drive down the field (laughs) i'm trying not to cough that's kind of why i'm talking so slow okay trying to keep my breath here oh got it before we jump in (laughs) his man's already out of breath (laughs) i did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors to help keep keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners top brewing company and cafe is the official brewery of state of my sports MacWeb Design helped us get our website up and running. Bettinghero.com helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I am Sam Waltart. With me today we got Ryan Waltart. Hello. Micah Smith. What's up? And John Dornboss. What is Mike is <laughs> down. <laughs> Johnny. He's here. Come on, give him give him a break. He took some time off. Right? No, I get it. I get Rusty. it. He's the one controlling the board. It seems like he would know how to turn his mic on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to jump right into some football talk. I know. I I think we all we know everybody had good weekends, and we don't really need to talk about it a whole lot, do we? Touchdown! Does anybody really care about our weekend? I I, I, that's probably the least popular part of the the podcast usually. Yeah, I I agree. Most people skip it. Yeah, I skip it. (laughs) (laughs) Every time Um, I listen, I just skip right through. (laughs) So really, I wanted to get the ball rolling with the with the NFL conversation, which I mean, by the way, the NFL did it perfect this week, this weekend with the Saturday games. Sunday and now you got a Monday, like three games to watch or three days to yeah. watch football. Just packed full of football. It was well, awesome. I, th- I think um, what I took away from it is the Detroit Lions curse or the NFL hating Detroit Lions again because if the Rams lose this game against the Cardinals, they the, the draft order depends on the order that they lose. Oh, does it really? So if they would have played the Saturday game. 
the Lions could have gotten the uh, ni- 19th overall pick, I believe it was. But because they waited until the Monday game to play the Rams, then the earliest they could go is like 23 or 24. Is that really how it works? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yep. Oh, that takes, that's how they that did it. Ticks me off. Yeah, that's not fair. That's what I'm saying. And they did it for the Lions. Man, they did that, that, that exactly that makes to, to mess with the Lions first first round pick. I feel like there's something to talk about in every single one of these games, and I don't want to get too in depth, but kind of the traits that we're looking at, and and that's what I want this conversation to turn into is what were some some specific traits that we saw in this these games that were like that's what I want in Detroit. Outside of a quarterback, obviously everybody wants a starting quarterback, a legit quarter, elite quarterback. But I want to start. Let's talk with about the Bengals and Raiders game before we get into like the traits that I thought stood out to me. I want to talk about that that whistle. Did you, were you guys watching that game? What happened? So they thought was it Joe Burrow is going to make a pass. He's, it looks like he's run out of bounds. He obviously wasn't during replay, but there was a whistle when the ball was in the air, and then they just kind of like. Looked both ways and like, yeah, it was a touchdown, and like the the defender stopped. Did and it was like did he stop? He he did stop, but it was such a small like time. Like I don't understand if that really affected it. Yeah, because the guy chasing him stopped, right? That's what they claimed. But but it's as his throwing motion is going on, like it's. I don't think it impacted anything. I don't think it impacted anything necessarily, but man, that's the bad call, and you're supposed to replay the down. I didn't know the rule. I didn't know what they were supposed to do. Exactly, but they talked about it after the fact, and they were supposed to just replay the down because it was an Aaron whistle, and that just was like something that I thought the Lions would just get screwed on. Yeah, and I I feel bad for the Raiders. They they absolutely got screwed on that. That was a a third down play. They had another chance to stop it, and it's just hmm. it's crazy that perf- or uh, playoff ready refs didn't know that rule and did and blew it that badly. Yeah, it was that is pretty bad. Insane. Oh, absolutely. Inside that Raiders uh, Bengals matchup, it, and I think that those were two different teams because, I mean, the Bengals are obviously high flying offense, and I think elite wide receivers to go with a, a an elite quarterback is is kind of stands out to me there. The Jamar Chase experiment worked out perfect for them. Yep. Uh, the opt outs, man, are just some of the opt outs were some of the best players in the league this year. Oh yeah, Jamar Chase, uh, Micah Parsons, Penny Sewell. Guys that we were like, oh, do we really want to take them after an opt-out? Uh, seemed pretty uh, pretty fresh, healthy, and ready to go, I'm right? wondering if that's going to change the perspective on a lot of these guys. And these guys might be taking their, their mandatory last year off if they're already set up to be drafted. Like, I mean, Nick Bosa kind of started that trend. He didn't feel yes, like he, he, did. he didn't feel like he needed to prove anything, and they were making life hard on him. So he's like, yeah. screw it. I'm, I'm going to be a top – Pick either way, so yeah, and then I mean, I think the Bills had a better offense. So going to the Bills Patriots game, the the Bills won forty seven seventeen. Man, that that just the dynamic play of that offense is is so incredible. I think you you saw execution. They were ready for the moment. Um, the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick gets so much credit for scheming against the other team's weakness and taking away what they do best, and he had no chance in this one. The players on the field executed, and, and in the end, they might have great cornerbacks, but the Bills did everything according to plan, and it, it, there was no chance. So so coaching is great. Coach, coaching might get you to the playoffs, but in yeah. the end, you really need those those generational type of – maybe not even generational. You just need a type of attitude of, of the players on the field that can get it done. Yep. Uh, and then getting down to the Tampa Bay uh, Eagles game, Tampa Bay won thirty-one to fifteen. Very weird game. Nothing really stood out. Obviously, when you have Tom Brady, you're going to dominate a game like that. 
the yeah. Eagles are bad. Yeah, this told me that the Eagles aren't very good. And it, yeah, and yeah. and I mean, I just don't trust Jalen Hurts. If if he were my quarterback, I wouldn't trust him. Same thing with Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, those type of quarterbacks that. <laughs> no, not those type of quarterbacks because I like Josh Allen. So it's like, well, geez, I didn't. Realize. But like, I guess quarterbacks that I don't trust. Tom Brady, no long term. <laughs> like just because I, I don't know when they run too much, I think that they, they, they rely on that way too often. Yeah, and I think they just get hurt by that. Well, Hertz, Hertz is a different story. It's the, not like Hertz is a first overall pick. True. Yeah, he's he's different than a Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, I think, has better arm talent for sure. Than Jalen Hurts, I think that's proven. Um, but I guess I'm just looking at it as like a a run first offense with a quarterback leading the way as your runner. That's where I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like you rely that heavily on your run, your running quarterback. That's what I don't believe in. I guess yeah. I should, is is the way I look at it. Right, and that was uh, that was. Um, sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. Josh yeah, Allen. so that was Josh Allen's first three years in the league. Is run first, not be able yeah. to throw the ball. He learned the position. He figured it out. Everything clicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I think the difference is to me. It's it, you got to look at their throwing motion. You got to see like what are the downfalls. If you have a long throwing motion like Jalen Hurts has, yeah, it's not going to be repeatable. It's not going to be. Yeah, you can get away with that in college because your athletes are so open compared to the other athletes on the other side of the ball. You don't get that in the pros. Yeah. So you can be. I, what this tells me is the Eagles are going to be in no man's land for a, a if long they're, time. If they if they're going to hitch their wagon to Jalen Hurts, I, I think. They're in in tough, yeah, tough shape. Yeah, they're always going to win too many games to yeah to and and restart. going back to Josh Allen, you know he he even sometimes throughout this year, I think would run too like be too fast to run, and he wouldn't trust his arm, and he wouldn't like so. I think all of these guys that know how to run rely on it. Whether but again, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, those guys like if they it, figure it out, the difference is they when they pass, they are it's repeatable. Their motion allows them to be that. They've got big arms. Like, there's uh, there's a difference. There's a style that the I what you're picking up on. It, it definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, 49ers Dallas. Uh, 49ers upset Dallas twenty three to seventeen uh, in Dallas. That was a crazy game. Crazy uh, ending. Actually, Dallas upset Dallas. Sorry, did I did I say that wrong? <laughs> yeah, gosh. for sure. 49ers upset Dallas. John's like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be a long day. You right you're... over there, John? <laughs> oh, we're good. All right, <laughs> all set. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, 49ers upset Dallas. So, uh, look, I thought the 49ers shot themselves in the foot time and time. That could have been a blowout, or it was a blowout, really. And Dallas just kind of found their way back in uh, with Garoppolo struggling. He had, two, what, a fumble and a uh, – well, the fumble – The interception was bad. The interception was was awful, and that really was what changed the game. But the the last play, I think, is what, what people want to talk about. So Dallas <laughs> ended up getting the ball back. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, and so four, bad. 14 seconds left. I, I don't know where they were in the field. 50-yard line-ish? Uh, closer than that. Yeah, I don't even think they were. I think they were at the 40. Yeah. And then uh, Dak does a QB sneak. Uh, obviously a play call. That's what the play call was. The 13 and he seconds ran left, it, right? Yeah, yeah, he ran it, what, 30 yards maybe? No. 25, 30? He got to the 25-yard line somewhere around there, 27, okay, so 28. Tw- yeah. yeah, 20, 25 yards run <laughs> and ran the clock out basically. Oh. <laughs> uh. The ref that just <laughs> crashes through the line. The way that ref – look, okay. I kind of understood the play call if you are smart enough to go five yards left. It's such a dumb play call. I See, I don't disag- – I disagree with that. 
because I understand the, the thinking behind what, what's the make thinking? it a little closer. Ex- to make it an easier it route. It's not a Hail Mary and just like a throw into a group and hope our guy gets it anymore. It is now we're running routes. We're making play, basically. Okay. A Can play you- that we do week in and week out. That's what they were trying to do is find a play that's in their playbook that they perfect rather than the throw it up and, and yeah. Hope for so the my best. my thought process is you have more than one chance in the end zone at that point. That was that was an argument that I I had against myself was well just throw it in the end zone twice and it's it's a play, better play better the play percentage game yeah, yeah. yep. So I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I guess it's not the worst play call. I give it to where their head was at too. But man, you got to be you have the to, execution was was wrong. Yeah, and you have your entire team has to be on the same page and know that you get to the line right away and you don't leave one second. Yeah, if that was one second, we would have all been saying that was that was dumb. Yeah, like they should have had five seconds left. Yeah, three seconds left. Yeah, that should have been something that if they were planning on that, that's what they prepared for. It. But it came down to the referee the, touching the ball. The ref. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't know that rule. And how funny was it when that ref? Was tr- was pretending try hard to get to that ball. <laughs> I love when refs are pretend try hard because there's he was so out of position and then he's like doing the uh, and like yeah. he does the bump like oh trying so hard so hard to get to it like it's very difficult to sneak between these humans. Did you see how he picked the ball up? Oh my! Basically two different times and set it twice. Yeah, and I'm like what is? He I thought doing? that ref he blew it just as not just as bad, but he he was. I I understand why they were mad. Because oh, yeah, that ref been, looked awful. I would have been livid, yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Again, another Detroit moment, kind of. Yeah. Um, the story for the 49ers game was, was, I thought, the way that they utilized Debo Samuel, obviously. He's a weapon, man. That guy was insane. I had him on my fantasy team. He was my second leading scorer yeah. behind Josh Allen. Like, yeah. That guy's a beast. Yeah, That's insane. Run, run, catch, and scoring. See, I, I don't sit and watch 49ers a lot, if, if at all. I knew he was having a good year. I didn't know he was having that good of a year. Dude, he and is, the way that they utilize him is you can't so tackle innovative. him like with one defensive back. He doesn't go. He doesn't get tackled. Yeah, the innovative, the innovation in their in their offense is so impressive to me. Um, and then the Chiefs Steelers. I, I don't really want to talk too much about the Chiefs. Won forty two twenty one. Good team against bad team. Don't want to really. I don't know. There's, yeah, Steelers. Steelers when are when not you a have Mahomes, it's, it's, it is what it is. But I think 49ers, I what this told me overall, um, 49ers is the team that I think the Lions, if if I'm building the Lions organization, that's who I want to model against. Yeah. Because you all always give yourself a chance with a uh, defense that's as capable as they are, that can dominate the line of scrimmage uh, and get after the quarterback. And then on the offensive side, dominate the line of scrimmage and always have the run game to fall back on. Yeah. And even if you get you get the inconsistent quarterback play with Garoppolo, you can win a game. You can win playoff games that way. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good team that they were up against. Let's not pretend that they're. That, oh, you know, I, I agree. Especially how good that offense can be. Yeah, they're explosive. and how mediocre they made them look. Right, and and they they have and another opt out guy with uh, uh, Avery Thomas. By the way, underrated underrated yep. pickup for the 49ers. Oh, I didn't know he was an opt out. Yeah, was he? Yeah, I didn't know that. He was the one with the game ending pick a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he did. He was down. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. He did. Ambry Thomas, yeah, yeah. Um, Good year. So what? What I really want to talk about was what you saw in these games, specific attributes. I feel like we've talked about it a little bit that you have to be elite at something and just absolutely great at something no to doubt. be successful in the NFL. You either yep. have to have a great quarterback and offensive game plan, blah blah blah. What What did you guys see, Brian? You kind of already talked about the 49ers in their, um, I think, balance in in the trenches. You had great on the offensive line, great in the defensive line. I mean, is that really what stood out to you the most? And not not necessarily what you want to model after, but like what was that one thing 
out of all these games that you're like, man, I want that on the Lions, and this is how we're going to get it. I think it shows both ways. You, I, It's either run and defense, or it's an elite quarterback. And the quarterback... Well, quarterback is not an option for this conversation. Well, then it's... To me, it's dominate the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Like who? 49ers? Like the 49ers. I want to get after the quarterback. You know, Nick Boza goes down, and guess what? They still got after him. They had enough guys. They had enough weapons. They weren't counting on one dominant player to take the quarterback down. They're, they just, they're relentless. They have enough athletes running all over the field. They're fast. Um, you you have an offensive line like they have, but then you have the solid defense that will always keep you in games. And then when you're having a bad year, you're allowed to lose some games, but they figured it out. They made the miraculous comeback to make the playoffs, and now they're a weapon in the playoffs. Nobody wanted to play them. Yeah. There was a couple things that really stood out to me. One, and, Micah, if, if you have something, go for it. Like, go for I didn't it. Want, like, I mean, you were nope. – John, if you have something that stood out to you, but can I can I go with my first one? <laughs> yeah, Sam, go with your first two if you'd like. Sam, what do you what did you take <laughs> away from this? All right, an offensive playmaker, and I looked at a Debo Samuel, and I'm like, that would be so nice to have some somebody that you just trust. And you look at like the the uh, Rams, yeah, you have Stafford, and it's a good passing game with a lot of weapons. But Cooper Cup is that dynamic player that's like, get this guy the ball, eight to. 12 times a game, and he's going to make something happen. Debo Samuel was obviously that. And I feel like the the Chiefs have it. Dallas kind of has it, too. Um, maybe not yet. And that might be some one of their problems. Like Dallas. Somebody that they can't really 100% trust. They have a lot of weapons, but not that one guy. Um, Bills, I feel like, have that with Stephon Diggs and a couple other guys. But I, I feel like of offensive playmaker, Jamar Chase for the Bengals, like, that one big, big name is what I want. And I don't know if you got to do it in the draft. I don't know if that's the only way to do it. I don't know if I'm on Ross State Brown can be our Debo Samuel if we get other pieces around him. I, I think that that's probably unfair to Debo Samuel and what, where, what he is. But, like, that's what I want. Someone that's just get this guy the ball, he'll make a play. We don't have that, in my opinion. So that that's the first thing that came to my mind watching these these offenses – in particular, the 49ers do what they did. Well, if, if you're a playoff team, the, the whole dynamic is different. So do we have that guy on offense? I don't know. Swift might be that guy. He's never been put in that position to be that guy. That's true. Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Yeah, I mean, he's coming into his own. I think it's unfair to him to compare him to Debo Samuel because Samuel's a massive human being. He's yeah, a beast. yeah, yep. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I think you having a dominant offensive weapon changes the game plan of the defense. It changes the dynamic of where the safety plays over the top. Like you can, you can, uh, you can get a see, huge advantage that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can see it because that one really, really good player, that weapon that can beat multiple players, he also opens up the door to make some random guy look good and some random guy be wide open. You know what I mean? Um, they did it all without Kittle too. Kittle was basically irrelevant in that game for the most part. Yeah. Well, but that's that was going to be my other was, argument, I guess, because Kittle is Kittle and the Samuel, guy that's opening Samuel maybe? Well, it's maybe the maybe the decision they usually have to to try to make. They make defenses, they force them into that decision between Kittle and Samuel. Yeah. And then you have your Tyreek Hill and your Kelsey. Um so having multiple dynamic players and, and really yeah, is the key. And, and I know it's about balance and I know it's about building a true team, but I think we're seeing like the way these teams are doing it is is they're using their 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 biggest weapon and utilizing it to their to the fullest. John, sorry, go ahead. 
It, I think it definitely comes down to the draft. I mean, I, I know we talked about maybe the 49ers and the Lions modeling the future after a team like that, but look no further than the Cincinnati Bengals. They were the bottom of the barrel for a very, very long time. They got guys, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, J- Jamar Chase. These are all young guys that are coming out. I'm way impressed by Jamar Chase and how quick he has just taken over the league. I mean, Justin Jefferson had a huge year last year. Jamar Chase had a better year, his rookie year. And Joe Burrow, I, I, I mean, it's just we got to get Goff a weapon yeah, like Jamar Chase, that caliber wide receiver for him to work with. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't know if this is the time to do it. I, I feel like we're still so many holes away, but it'd be nice to, to know if, if that's a, a missing piece. Well, you know? and it's an interesting like, uh, exercise to go through because Joe Burrow was the obvious number one. Every Everybody would have taken him number one that year. So uh, the Lions are not going to be in that position. This is not the draft to do it, and next year may not be much different. Um, so they kind of fell into that, but they, they put Burrow into a place where – their team was on their way to being ready when he arrived, and then he was hurt, and then they got an amazing play. I mean, I I I am first to admit that I was completely wrong about Jamar Chase. He blew my expectations away, and now you add him to that like teammate chemistry they had at LSU, and now Burrow's got his guy, and he's he's an extremely talented quarterback that makes great decisions, or, or he can process a lot of information as he goes, and I think. Their entire organization changed with three consecutive drafts. Yeah, and, think, and, and they hit on him. Yeah, because Mixon, I think he rushed over a thousand yards this year too, and like yeah. he's been one of those guys that just hasn't broken out. You know, he he gets a lot of carries, doesn't get a lot of yards. This year, he was able to balance and help that offense balance. But they're still saying that Joe Burrow has the worst offensive line in the NFL right now, Man. and he's doing that, and Joe Mixon is doing that, and Jamar Chase is doing that. And it's crazy. It, I think the Lions could make a you know a significant change and and maybe you know uh see a playoff appearance here in the next two years if they can do something similar uh with their with I think their they next year I think they're gonna win the division and, and do it next year but um one more thing that stood out to me and this might be a little controversial um because I, I've been pretty high on on Campbell it doesn't have anything to do with flags does it nothing to do with flags nothing to do with flags <laughs> yet um uh, but one was the innovative Offensive play calling and and look, I I think Dan Campbell um, grew a lot as a play caller. I thought and and I, I think he's innovative too because I mean he's going for it on fourth downs. He's more than anybody the fake punts and stuff. I mean he's very very aggressive. But what I mean by innovative is innovative because he wants to be, not because he feels like he has to be. If that makes sense, like I feel like Dan Campbell, he's like. I am forced to go for it here and do a random, you know, like I'm third and 12 and I'm doing a draw because, like, that's not innovative. That's, this is what I have to do. And fourth and two, I have to go for it because otherwise we're going to punt the ball and get scored on. I have to do this and this and this. It's not necessarily innovative like a Shanahan and like a Reed and, and what these other guys are in this offense. I want a truly innovative, creative play caller. And, I don't know if Ben Johnson, Johnson is that guy. I have no idea. I don't know if Dan Campbell can be that guy, but I want that. And Matt Lafleur is another one, the innovative play call play caller that's also a head coach. And just like that is what I think the Lions will need eventually. I don't think we need it right now, but we better figure that out before it's too late. If that I, makes sense. And in last week's episode, we talked about 
Dan Campbell playing, uh, uh, taking over the play calling, and that was something that he grew into, and and it looked a lot different his first couple of weeks he was there compared to later on. Um, now that he knows what he wants out of a play caller, because he did it, he he has that experience, he kind of grew into it. I don't think he's going to hold on to that role. I think he's going to look for the right person to fill what he wants. And I think that's the smartest way to do it. And I, I believe he's going to do that because he didn't he didn't become a coach to be an X's and O's guy. Yeah. He told us that. Yep. So I think now he knows who he who he wants to have in that role. We know he's aggressive. We know he likes the the creativity and trick plays and and they try to get a lot of that stuff out there. And we know the last thing what he what he proved to us last year or what he told us in in his press conferences is he always wants to have an advantage. He wants to put his best player in the best position possible and create mis, uh, mismatch. Yeah. On the field. So that's what LaFleur does so well. He, they move all the time. They're constantly showing the defense's hands so Aaron Rodgers can scan the field and know exactly what's going yeah. on yep. and then know the, the mismatch before the play even starts. And and that's that's what Dan Campbell's trying to do. I don't think they're going to get there with him playing call, uh, being the play caller, but I think him taking it over was the perfect way to get there in the end. No, that, that's fair. Um what we're drinking tonight. So, shout out to Aaron Reed, buddy of ours. All we had played uh, high school hockey with him. Mike and I did. Ryan, did you play any sports there? Maybe like uh, football when you guys were younger. Yeah, growing up we played football. Um, I, I think like eighth grade might have been the first time we. Yeah, but you guys paths. graduated together, right? We graduated together. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so what Aaron is is he's the brewmaster. Is that the right? I don't know if brewmaster head brewer or head, or brewer, head brewer, brewer. One or, of the two. Yeah, one of the two. I don't. I don't know the difference, but. Um, he uh, provided us a couple uh, growlers. I'm really struggling. Help me out here. Somebody <laughs> somebody jump in. Um, yeah, growlers, growlers from Heartland. Um, Mikey, can you tell us what we're sipping on right now, the the clear one? Yeah, the, right the, now is that one. the uh, Heartland Census. I think I'm saying it right. Census. It's S-E-N-S-U-O-U-S. Okay. So this is their Census Kolsch, and I asked him to – reiterate to me how he named this beer because i thought it was really quite witty of him he says it's what you call out when someone else is getting up from the fire and you want them to get you a beer since you was up <laughs> get me a beer since he was up so okay. he he had he had fun naming that one that's good um i don't know the uh the actual like uh chemical makeup or the uh what, what's in this beer exactly but it is a german style kolsch beer and that's what you guys are drinking right now. All right, and then later on, we're going to drink this one that says PB on it. I'm assuming is that that's some kind of peanut butter? Yeah. What is this one? That one is their Persistence Peanut Butter Porter. So this Ooh, peanut butter porter good. is a deep brown brew. It has roasty flavors of chocolate and caramel. It's infused with allergy-free peanut butter and has a moderate amount of American and English hops for balance. The peanut butter-flavored porter is inspired by our friends at Pro Billiards. Shout-out to them. Wow, shout-out to you for not mixing any of those up. That was well done. <laughs> you should do all of the repeats for every <laughs> there single you go. topic. Man, Actually, that, that porter sounds great, though. We are getting into the main topic, so do, do one of you guys want to do the, the read for the main topic real quick? Ryan? For the main topic? Where yeah, are we it's at? right at the bottom of the page there. Before we get into the main topic? 
Before we get into the main topic of oh, okay. episode I'll, 140. All right, I'll start there. Before we get into the main topic of episode 140, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Their revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine, and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on from dinner with the family, late night drinks with, drinks with friends, and everything in between. The Hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Taco Tuesday is back at the Hops, which is uh, we'll be hitting up pretty much once a month, guaranteed, and probably more just because it's that good. Taco Tuesday consists of any taco for two dollars and fifty cents. That's right, two fifty, and you can pair it up with their margarita seltzer for only three dollars. Hops is the official brewery of State of My Sports, and if you mention State of My Sports, you will get a nice little discount on your first beer. Thank you for for doing that. I, there's, I had zero chance of getting through that read without coughing. <laughs> Good job, Ryan. I'm just like really short of breath right now, and I don't know what's going on. Mike and I are just going to take this thing over. Yeah, I mean, that's basically where we're at now. And this is this is a kind of give. <clears throat> this I don't is, know. This is going to be weird territory for you, right? So, like, usually I try to like set it up and then set myself up and then kind of go from there. But what I'm going to do is try to set you up blindly, if that works, Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. You're kind of take over here. Yeah, go for so it. So last week we talked a lot about the positives of what we saw out of the Lions. You know, the the development in the season of development. Now, the unfortunate part of this season of development is a lot of the players that we saw developing are guys that we have to make a decision on. Yeah. With free agency or, like, new contracts, like all of that goofy stuff that, you know, when you're developing you should be already have these guys locked up. But when you have, you know, the regime that we've had, you're kind of cutting bait with everybody and starting from scratch. So, Ryan, you kind of came up with a list with some of the expiring deals, if if I'm correct, and what it's doing with our cap space, who's worth holding on to, who's not. So yeah. I'm going to let you you take it Yeah, from here. I think we're going to take the next three and a half hours to go through um, each one of these players and give a player profile breakdown. You wake me up when it's done. <laughs> okay. I'll be right doing, over there. I thought we were doing five hours. I'm, I'm confused yeah, now. You're confused. Like, why don't we have more? Uh, let's start with the un- unrestricted free agents. Um, these are a lot of the guys that we signed to one-year deals last year. Um, uh, we'll start off with linebacker Alex Anzalone. I, he had 70 tackles on the year, one sack, uh, an interception, seven pass deflections. Which I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. He started 14 games for us, and, and I think he really did a good job for it being that steady, reliable source, linebacking source in the middle of the field. I'm not going to say he was great. Not a pro bowler any, by any means, um, but I, he had some speed. Yep. What would you think? I, I think what he does is more than numbers. Like you said the numbers and it wasn't pretty. Um, he's He doesn't stand out other than his long yellow hair. Um, that stands out a little bit. But, like, yeah, he doesn't stand out. And, and what the Lions need is a true blue playmaking defend, or linebacker. We don't have that. Are we going to get that this year? If not bring him back in my opinion if we need to fill somebody that Dan Campbell can trust that can go out there and do the job and help Derek Barnes continue to learn and all those things he seems like a good bring back guy yeah I I don't think he's going to be very uh expensive if we want to bring him back it's really it comes down to whether whether he's the right guy in the locker room I got the the intent or the feeling that he was that guy yeah um because they brought him in the first place, and and he had experience with him in in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah, that that's that kind of stood out to me as a guy that w- I think will know what their plan is in in the draft. Like their their draft versus free agency balance is going to be a lot of these whether they invest in these guys. Yeah. What he feels to me like is um, 
a cheap placeholder that might not make the team even if we sign him for a new contract. I think he'd make if the we, team if we fill if we fill the need. Yeah, I think you he'd know? make the team, but but uh, probably a one maximum two year guy. Okay, for contracts. That's fair. Uh, another guy, Tim Boyle. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back as quarterback, just because uh, he'll be cheap and familiar with the offense and can whatever be part of the the practice squad. Is is Blau is Blau expiring or how does that all so go down? David Blau is a restricted free agent, but I think we saw Blau the the battle between Tim Boyle and Blau. I think we we saw that play out and Boyle won. Mm. That that's the way I'm interpreting this. Even I though we didn't see why. Yeah, we really didn't. It's really weird. Blau it looked just better like, in, in the preseason for sure. Which and, and look, I, I don't want to get into the the backup quarterback argument here or anything like that. Look, I, I'm not going to say Blau is better than Boyle or Boyle's better than Blau. That's not for me to worry about. But if Boyle was that much better than Blau that you wouldn't even give Blau the sniff, and you waited for Boyle to get healthy to give somebody else a chance. That tells me why in the world, or that that makes me question why in the world is Blau even on this roster? Because look, I know you got to have a backup quarterback, but at that point, get rid of him once Boyle's healthy. You can pull up any Joe Blow on the street as your backup quarterback, third string quarterback. It just seems like a waste of a roster spot, in my opinion. But yeah, it it just wouldn't surprise me if he comes back. I want it to be one one or the other. Basically, is is where where I'm at with that. Yep, get rid of one of them. Absolutely, Uh, Tyrell Crosby. um, What an interesting. Guy, he actually ended up being on injured reserve pretty much the whole year, and they cut him at the beginning of the season. They actually chose some other linemen instead of him, and we we were thinking he was going to be like the the sixth man, like the first guy off the bench. Yeah. Um, but Tyrell Crosby was an interesting guy who was a restricted free agent going into next year. Okay. I don't, I don't think he's coming back. Um, I think the writing was on the wall preseason when they cut him unexpectedly. Yeah. Yep. Um, moving along, uh, Charles Harris, big name. Very. He had a very. Aquara esque season. Absolutely, that's a great way of describing it. Uh, yeah. Great timing for yep. the best season of his career. Yep. Um, now we just got to make that decision, right? Look, like, he's, wh- where do you feel about? Yeah, it? he's a former first round pick, so you know the talent was always there. Um, and he really had a cannot quit, don't quit type of attitude that I think Dan Campbell loves. the The question is going to be whether whether Brad Holmes wants to invest in him right now. Where did when where and when does this investment actually happen? And if they're planning on going one of the top two edge, edge rushers in the draft, then does that change their decision on Charles Harris? I think he's definitely a Detroiter type of guy. Uh, he fits the mold, but I don't know based on the money because the open market, uh, you're seeing $12 million a year contract right now. Which seems hefty for, for the amount of holes that we have. When we already have the other Aquaras, the potential first round pick. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling flowers is going to be a cut casualty. We don't need to get into that today. Yeah. That, that but could I, be the I also don't think that that's cap. a, I don't think he's a, a f- I, there is that space for him. You could, you, you want four, right? Three or four. Um, so if, if flowers is that cut casualty, then, then that, that opens the door for a Charles Harris. Yeah. The, the w- thing you like about Charles Harris is the production. He did have seven and a half sacks. We saw the QB pressures, Two forced fumbles. Um, he was a difference maker in some of those games. Yeah, and he was on the field a lot. Yep. What the what the Lions need to realize and, and understand, but better than us is is he collecting the stats because somebody has to collect the stats, or is he actually a player that that can be there if and when you need him? Yeah. Look, I I think it's he's the type of player that, in my opinion, he looks good in on this type of team. But is this the type of team that we want? No, we want the. 
you know, we want the 49ers. We want the guys that's just a revolving door stud no matter what. So I, I, I could go either way on it, but I, I think time will tell. Yeah. Really see how the draft goes. That's really the key there. And there's also going to be some free agents that might be worth spending a little bit more on. There really might to be, To really yeah. uh, upgrade, but... Kaderil Hodge, another one. Um, I, I think he's not going going to come back. We he was an experimental signing. He was what um, some of these guys ended up. You know, I think we can get the same level of production from Trinity Benson, uh, who are, who we already have signed. Yeah, he just didn't add a lot. Thir- Thirteen catches for the he, year. He was the one from yards. Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. So long body and everything, but um, more of a special teams guy, and and I don't I don't expect him to come back. Dean Marlowe is an interesting one. Safety. Got a lot of time later on in the year playing opposite Tracy Walker when uh, um, Harris moved Harris. to cornerback. Okay, and and he, I think Dean Marlowe actually played really well, and he he hit the he hits guys pretty hard, like harder than I expected him to. Um, this is his sixth season, or he just finished his sixth season, and I and really this was his best season that he's had. Was he a uh, Lions draft pick, or was he a signing by this regime? Uh, signing, and that's I. I think that I'm not 100 percent on that. For some reason, it it rings a bell that it I was th- a signing. Did he come from the Patriots? That's where I was thinking, and and it was actually last year that we brought him in, right? Yeah, I think so. He just didn't have a lot of time before this year. Yeah, on the field. I think that's how it was. We could we could be wrong on it, but that's that's what I'm remembering too. Next one, very interesting, Khalif Raymond. Um, these are one of the guys that the, I think the coaching staff and Brad Holmes is just really proud of, like the the fact that they invested in him. They wanted to see what he could bring, and he was not even a lock to make the team to start the year, but he ended up being one of our most productive receivers with 48 catches, 576 yards, four touchdowns. And not only that, but he was our punt returner, kick returner, um, overall kind of our dynamic um like a gadget type of player out of the out of the backfield or out wide. Yeah. So real quick, let's talk about the the just what the wide receiver is going to look like. Yeah. It, and then see if he kind of if he still fits. If that if you have that in front of you. So obviously, I think I think Trinity Benson will get a sniff before a guy like Raymond. If you're if we're talking about numbers here, because they invested in with a fifth round pick. I could be wrong, and they they might be well aware away with just yeah. cutting that. I cutting doubt. Ties I that. doubt it. I think it's the other way around. I think Khalif Raymond did enough to be on the field, be reliable, and be part okay. of this offense long term. Um, St. Brown, obviously the better the better player, gonna gonna make this team. What Quintez Cephas showed, like I've been a big anti Quintez Cephas guy. I think he looked very unathletic this first year and a half. What he did a little bit at the beginning of the year before he was injured, he was really good. Yeah. Um. And really good on a bad team, I get that, but he showed he showed signs of, of why you give him another chance. And yeah. I think you got to make a decision on him here. It's got to be this year. He's got to, you know what I mean? Like he's got to work out. Well, this is this is the receiving room right now. Under contract, we have Amon Ross, St. Brown, Quintez Cephas, Trinity Benson, and J- Javon McKinley. Those are, are okay. the four wide receivers they have uh, on contract right now. Okay. So, so the other guy that's expiring the is unrestricted Josh free agents are Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, and Kaderil Hodge. Okay, I think Hodge. I, I agree with you there that he's basically gone. Like, yeah, I don't expect him to. It come didn't back. seem to fit. Nope. I feel like Raymond was kind of the Hodge replacement, right? Yeah. So if you if you guys you know if, let's just say Trinity Benson fills that fourth or fifth receiver type, um, Josh Reynolds could be a guy that we want to come back. Uh, Khalif Raymond I, could be a guy we want to come back. I think this offense changed when Josh Reynolds joined it. I I agree. I think the dynamic allowed Amon Ross St. Brown to stand out a little bit more. Yeah, because they had to worry about a 
offensive or a wide receiver built guy. Yeah. And somebody that that uh, Goff already trusted, and I thought that was important. But but what we saw is we saw production out of St. Brown, Cephas, Josh Reynolds, and Khalif Raymond. We saw production from all of those guys. If we add one more in the draft, just one, yeah, then and I we're th- going to address it in the draft. Then I think our and then and then having uh, um, Trinity Benson as a backup option and, and Javon McKinley as a backup option, I, I think our wide receiver room is set. So in my mind, with the draft, one wide receiver. At minimum is is an absolute need, but you could leave it at one, and not invest and invest everything else in your defense. Yeah, I also wouldn't hate taking two <laughs> and upgrading even more. But yeah, it's moving, more of, it's more of need at that point. Yeah, though. yep. Uh, another one. Sorry, I'm kind of going through here. Unrestricted would be Jalen Reeves Mabin, big name that I. This, this to me, let's just talk about the two of these guys, Jalen Reeves, Mabin, and Tracy Walker. Okay. Um, linebacker, safety, both of them were really the anchors in, in making the tackles later on in the year. Jalen Reeves, Mabin came in in the middle of the year, and he was hurt in the middle and early part of the season, but, man, he was a rock-solid defender for us in, at linebacker. Yeah. In, in I, my mind. I, I think – I look at Reeves Maven as similar to Quintez Cephas, where it was like he doesn't belong. He doesn't look like he will be on a good NFL roster. And then this year happened, and it was like, yeah, he was he was good on a bad roster. He looked good on a bad roster, but there was something different about him. There was something. There there was a confidence. There was a speed. He was able to use the speed. Yeah, and I think that was the key with with him is he's supposed to be fast, hard hitting. He wasn't able to do that in his first two years, I think it was, maybe three. And something clicked this year, and he was confident to be able to use that speed and hard-hitting ability with confidence and just play the game. Yeah. And I thought that was eye-opening to me. Now, what is he going to cost, I think, is is important because I don't want to – like, going back to the Anzalone thing, it's like, how much are you willing to spend? Can you upgrade by spending a little more? I I think that's a, a possibility. I don't know a name, though, either. So that's where it's just got to trust, right? Yeah, it's interesting. And they uh, know better than we do yeah, it, because they're also on the practice field and in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. Well, Reeves Mabin was the, the signal call John. on our defense for a long a long time this year. Um, Tracy Walker, the other one, let's just get in real quick. Yeah. He's so big for this defense. I think he flew all over the field. That's what we saw when we were live. Yeah, he, yeah. He was yeah. all over the field making tackles. Um, obviously had a great game with 14 of them, but more than that, I think Tracy Walker, we saw him develop into his own identity this year under this defensive style of play. And mm-hmm. I think he really came into his own. He he started trusting himself more. And instead of giving up those big plays, he was more the rock solid guy that wouldn't give up the big play. He might l- give up something underneath, but he was making the tackle. He was not. Yeah. I think, I think with a good defensive around him, a good, like, if he can trust everybody around him and the cornerbacks are there to also make tackles, I think that'll just enable Tracy Walker to play even more free and even more trusting of his teammates and make that much bigger of a difference. No, I, I think, I think it's important. I think it's important to bring back Reeves Mabin and Tracy Walker. Last guy, Nick Williams. Interesting, interesting. Is, yeah. I we wanted him to work. I, th- I think he kind of worked, just maybe not what we were hoping. We didn't get the... Chicago version of yeah. Nick Williams. I th- I feel like he's one that you just let go if you believe in what you drafted last year. 
interior lineman, right? Yeah. And you you have to have. I mean, if if uh, sorry, on use on, I cannot say that was on Wuzurike. Yep, on Wuzurike. Elaine McNeil. If Elaine McNeil. Elaine McNeil and on Wuzurike. Yeah. Look, you you spent a second round pick and a third round pick on these guys. Now, if it comes down to cutting a second round pick or a third round pick or re-signing uh, Nick Williams, take a chance on on the, the your pick. And double down on that and let this guy walk. That's where I look at it. Yeah. Um, well, John Pinnacini fills a gap in there. He's a good run defense player. I actually think he gets after the quarterback pretty well. I think he's underrated. I thought the game against the Packers was his best game of the year, too. Yeah, he, he really showed out. Michael Brockers also rocks out. So it's not like this, this yeah, group is he seems as expendable. under man. He, this is one that you could probably walk away from. Unfortunately. And feel a little bad about. He's Love good. the guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, walk, if you watch him during warm-ups, the dude is massive. Yeah. He's so he's big. He's huge. Um, but yeah, uh, Nick. Very Williams, good on on uh, Instagram too. He always posts like scriptures of the day and stuff like that, and like what he what he learns in, in his personal Bible study and stuff, which is pretty cool. I like that kind of stuff. So uh, restricted free agents. I'll go really fast through these. Evan Brown, I think, is one that stood out. Center. Um, he really played well. He did. Yeah. In the absence of uh, of. Uh, Give it just one of the, uh, Ragnow. Yeah, Frank Ragnow. When Ragnow went down, we thought this offensive line was screwed and we were going to get exposed, and Evan Brown stepped in and did a great job. Yep. So um, I think they're going to keep him just for that depth pick right there. He can probably play some guard too. Yeah, tackle Will Holden um, could. He could still be on this team next year. C.J. Moore, safety. I think he actually played really well down the stretch and had that interception uh, you know, in the Packers game. Yep. C.J. Moore did. Um Interesting to see him. Josh Woods, I think he's expendable. Um, and then we have exclusive rights free agents with guys like uh, Rashad Berry, outside linebacker, um, safety Jalen Elliott. I don't really expect a lot of these guys. Jack Fox, um, we'll, we'll bring him back. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't doubt sure. that at all. Godwin Iguibuke, not sure. That's one that he could. He with, fumbled a lot when he got an opportunity. Yeah, and that was seems frustrating. Like a, seems like a coach's kind of guy, but, yeah. Tom Kennedy. He was specifically called out for being a practice squad guy, showing toughness and grit, and then to make that throw in the last game. Yeah. Um, Maybe he should be our backup quarterback. Probably more of the same, practice squad guy. But these are guys who are going to fill out the the roster. You yeah, know? for sure. Um, Matt Patterson, Nelson. Patterson, I, I think, is, is an interesting one. Riley the, the Patterson. Kicker. Yeah. Yep. What do you think about that? Do you think he deserved to, to keep that job? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You, I thought you he was keep a Riley stud. Patterson. Yeah, he missed one one kick. It was like a fifty-one yarder or something like that. Austin Sieber wasn't bad either, but he, I mean, he's went on IR, and yeah, you know, we don't we don't need to bring him back. We don't need to really talk about kickers Matt Nelson. Either. I think you absolutely bring back what he showed as even bringing that um, the guy off the bench and in and, and the run situations. Yep. Played really really well in those situations. Yeah, and a lot of this can change based on the draft because I think you could draft a guard mid rounds and be like, sorry, we're we're gonna move on with something like that as your offensive depth guy. Yeah. Um Bobby Price, cornerback, no way, I don't think so. AJ Parker kind of fills that role for us um for depth. And then Jesse Lemonier, he had some sacks in there. I actually think he played pretty well in the last game. He sacked yeah. Aaron Rodgers, I believe. Um or maybe it was Jordan Love. I, I think don't it was remember. Love. Yeah. I don't but know. either way, I, I, he showed something where he might be a guy that we choose to bring back. No, I think I think that's good. A lot I, of a lot of a lot of I, names in there that that will be. I think overall, my expectation was we were losing so many just because of the big number. But if you look at the players, they're not huge impact type of guys. There's some decisions with with I think the list that I rattled off with like Khalif Raymond, Jalen Rees, Maven, Tracy Walker, Josh Reynolds, 
and Charles Harris. And that and yeah. that's pretty much the list, the extent of the really true impact players. Yeah, and, and I think the key is is knowing that yeah, they were big they were important to this team. This three three win team. Yeah. They were important. We don't want these guys to be important. These are the guys that we don't want to know their names when we're winning games with, with true elite talent because that's what this team needs. They need elite talent in a lot of different spaces. How are they calling that a catch? No idea. <laughs> like who, that, that, who, who didn't catch it? There was AJ Green. That was not a catch. Was it, John? I don't know if it's they're looking at it as a catch or if it's a, a hit to the helmet. I didn't see a flag or anything. Well, McVay just threw the bowling so, ball. So uh, one thing that was interesting, McVay, or was it McVay or was it uh, Lef- Yeah, no, McVay. He challenged for his very first time last week. Did you see that? Really? really? The very first challenge of the year was, was week uh, 18. What? <laughs> How? I don't know. That man's scared to challenge anything. <laughs> Foolish. <laughs> It's got to be the hair. He's a little nervous. He is a little guy. Isn't he? <laughs> he's a these, little guy. All he's these refs in... talking down to him. Yeah. Can we call him Petrie? Usually, usually the refs are looking up to people, <laughs> and he's they're looking down at him. Poor guy. <laughs> all right. Can I real quick? Yeah, real quick. Put a bow on this for us. Uh, let me just I, the the guys we have returning in the secondary. Let me just go through this real quick. Cornerback. We have Jeff Okuda. We don't know exactly where we're going to get out of. We have Melon Fanwu. Really came into his own later on in the in the season. I think we're excited about the potential that he has. Uh, Warrior, he's our he's our rock. He's our stud that we're he we developed need to extend. so much. He took a massive step this year. Uh, AJ Parker, more of a depth guy. Jerry Jacobs, we loved what we saw from him when he was contributing. He just needs to get healthy. Those those are our four cornerbacks. No, yeah, no, five. I listed five cornerbacks right there. Our safeties, we have Will Harris, who also subbed in at corner and did actually a pretty decent job. Uh, Dean Marlowe could come back. Tracy Walker could come back. So safety is an obvious gap, maybe more than we than cornerback. Um, and then linebackers. The only linebackers that we have signed are Derek Barnes, Austin Bryant, who's a, who's a speed rusher, <laughs> Julian Aquara, speed rusher, uh, Romeo Aquara, rusher, and Trey Flowers. Those who's are the linebackers. Who's an edge rusher? They're all edge rushers except for Derek Barnes. That's the point. And what so, kind of defense do we run? 3-4 with the outside linebacker. Yeah, so it does okay. make sense that those guys well, – all those guys feel the same The edge same, rushers are important, but, yeah, we got to have legit. So I think the point is we have Derek Barnes, a rookie playing his second year ever at linebacker compared to out, uh, defensive end before that. Yeah. And then Alex Anzalone is a question mark coming back. Jalen Reeves may have been a question mark coming back. That is an obvious area to invest in in the draft, linebacker. But not not solely that because we need veterans. Oh yeah, people. yeah. Yep, we I, need I agree. Some veterans. We're we're in a we're, the lines are still in a best player available scenario. It doesn't matter if it's a wide receiver. With, it doesn't matter if it's a focus on safety edge, and linebacker. Yeah, or edge. Yeah, in edge, it seems to be a strength of theirs, but I agree, anytime you can get a dominant edge rusher, you take that chance. Let's get into some mock draft. Give me a second. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. And mock draft. <laughs> this is State of My Sports. Yeah, you need to edit that bumper, bud. Why is that? And mock draft. Yeah, just change it to <laughs> kid loves, yeah. Like a Lions fan loves mock drafts. Because <laughs> I don't think any other 
team loves mock drafts like Lions. Well, love it's, mock super, drafts. it's our Super Bowl, guys. Come it on. is. We do love. They did reverse that, thankfully. What a dumb call. Like, why would they? Who in the right mind thinks that's a catch? I thought it was a catch and fumble. Really? Yeah, man. Let's stop pretending. Well, that I guess. Didn't catch okay. That. All right. I. All right. Talk about it two different ways here. Yeah. yeah. Legitimately, yeah, he caught that ball. NFL, that was no far from an NFL catch. Yeah. All right. Mock draft 2.0. <laughs> John, be ready to be be involved with this. Are we pumped about our offensive line, by the way? They're all coming back. Yep. And we could even add a guard and like Edmund Grimm or something. <laughs> Mock draft 2.0. just oh, excited. No. I love right, this. So I love Mikey takes this one away, right? Yeah, take it so away. So a couple of weeks ago, we did something very similar similar to this. We are going to do basically the same thing, um, except this time around, we found a mock draft with quite a few trades and possibly a trade with the Lions. Oh, there you go. So something Sam has been begging for forever and ever and ever is a mock draft where they trade down. I love or trades. trade up. Or trade <laughs> trade up? Wait, wait, what? I said or trade up. All right, let's see what, well, where this goes. Now my mind is blown. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. So <laughs> let's go. We're giving up Jared Goff. We're going number one. <laughs> so obviously Jacksonville is on the clock. And with that, they trade down. Oh snap. They trade down. With the New York Giants. Did they get both of their first round picks? Yes, they Son did. Son of a gun, I want to do that. <laughs> Six. Uh, no way. Okay. And with the first overall pick, the New York Giants select Kenny Pickett. QB what? out of pit. <laughs> what? Yup. Whose mock draft is this? Don't tell us yet. Okay, don't tell us now. Okay. Holy jeez. <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Hey. They traded. Oh my God! And they gave up. Might cut ties with was Lawrence. it five and eight? Five and seven. Let me just double check that. Five and seven. Yes. Wow. What? Wow. A, we're jealous. Bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> Lions are jealous. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll Number give you two. A, now, we'll give you a third. <laughs> got the Detroit Lions on the clock. And with that being said, the Detroit Lions trade down. All right. Oh boy. So I, I mean, I would love to trade down All right, with the what's, Giants. What's the but offer? I can't do that. Yeah. What's the offer here? What is the offer? The offer. Philadelphia Eagles. Nope. The offer is yeah. from your Carolina Panthers. Oh boy. Carolina Panthers are giving you their first round pick, which is which th- is eleven. Uh, number Eight? six. Sorry. Six. Ooh, okay. Number six. Okay. And their third round pick this year. And you are handing them your what? No, go ahead, go ahead. We're handing them. Yep, number two. Yep, number two, and your fifth round pick. Okay, so we're swapping a third and a fifth. Yep. For swapping second overall, six overall. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, all right. I'm not mad at you, Micah. I'm mad at this. I hope not. Because this this doesn't add up. Correct. This doesn't add up to start. We're, we're already we're two trades in, makes two no picks sense. in. Well, not not even two picks in. It makes no sense. The Giants gave up five and seven for number one. 
Yeah. They took a player that they probably could have got at, at five, five or, or seven. seven. I told you one of you were going to be mad. <laughs> Both of us are mad. And now the Lions are going to move down four spots and get a third-round pick and also give up a fifth-round pick. Wow. So, that, so, okay. I know there's a calculation formula that people go off of. That doesn't add up. No, it does. They're expecting the Lions to get owned in this situation. Well, that, that adds up. Is Bob Quinn back or no? <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right. But anyways, all right. So they trade down. Let's just keep this going, right? This is our. I'm already angry. He's he's the one yeah. stopping himself. Right <laughs> I think we both knew who's gonna get mad. Hey, just doesn't add up, does no, it, John? No. Does no. it add up? I'm I'm waiting for you to just uh, start reading off your mock draft. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna build. <laughs> this is what I would have done. No, Did you listen. see the total yards are negative one for Carolina, for Arizona. Zero, or sorry, yeah, Arizona. Well, luckily, too, yeah. luckily, Carolina. we're gonna do probably two dozen more mock drafts this year. Uh, yeah. So definitely, <laughs> we'll probably do mock good. drafts after we're the good. draft. Okay. Get it right. <laughs> so before right. that, before that last play, when negative one overall yards, the Lions yards. had more total yards. Yeah. Okay. With Carolina's <laughs> pick, they pick up Evan Neal out of Alabama. Okay. They traded up for Evan Neal. They traded up for Evan. I Neal. could see somebody trading up for Evan Neal. I agree with that. He's a stud, dude. Yeah. That's Carolina. He's a giant human being. But who's their QB? That's the that's what boggles my mind. Anyone? Bueller, right? Uh, Sam Darnold? I don't think they believe in Darnold. I don't but think next I year know. he is. I don't know. That's that's weird. That is weird. Anyways, so, they did get our fifth-round pick. Maybe they could get a quarterback with a uh, fifth round, our fifth-round pick since quarterbacks are flying off the board. All right, so Avenue number two. Who's number three? So number three, Kayvon Thibodeau okay, yeah, that's to the a, Houston Texans. Jeez, they got a steal there okay. in three. Uh, and then the New York Jets pick up Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. Yep. Guess your career goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> At number five, Jacksonville picks up Ikem Ikwanu yeah, out of I- North Carolina State. I- Ikem Ikwanu. Okay, thank you. I appreciate the help on that one. Yeah, he, he's pretty good. He's he's not he's a Evan Neal. Boards, yeah, yeah. He's athletic, so I see the I see what people like about him. I don't know why they would trade out a one when they could just take Evan Neal though. Yeah, well, I mean, you trade well, out. I mean, what, to get five and seven. Yeah, you yeah, trade know, out for that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Now, Lions are on the board. The Lions are on the board. I'm going to list off a few names that are still available, which is basically Kyle Hamilton. everyone. Okay. Um, you guys write down your picks like we did a couple weeks ago. All right, so, so can you name some of the guys? Yep. In a minute here. So some of the key names available right now are, uh, let's see here. I totally misspelled this guy's name. Charles Cross. I don't know how he misspelled that. That's amazing. He's the corner? Yeah. Charles Cross is an offensive Off tackle, tackle. Oh, yeah. out of Mississippi State. Okay. You've got George Karlaftis. Karlaftis. Karlaftis, defensive end out of Purdue. David Ajabo, defensive end out of Michigan. Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. And Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of Louisiana State University. Yeah. Najabo, you said also that. known as LSU. <clears throat> yeah, and all the wide receivers on the board. Correct. All the wide receivers are on the board. All right. Um, so do you want us to like tell you when our pick's in, or are we just going to write it down and move? We're going to write it down and move. I'm going to do what you did last time. I'm going to name some uh, other picks that we had here. Okay. So at number 11, the Washington football team picked up Matt Corral. Whew. Matt Corral. Is it Corral? Yep. Oh. 
I've heard who, who it. I've heard who, it both ways. Sorry. Who took him? Uh, uh, Washington football team. Okay, the football team. The football team. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, at 16, Philadelphia Eagles select Traylon Burks. Uh, I like him. I do too. <laughs> I think he's that Samuel. He's Debo. He could, yeah, he really could be. He's the he's if, if, if you're gonna put somebody in that mold, it might be him. Uh, more speed, <laughs> yeah, but big. Uh, at twenty, we've got Pittsburgh Steelers taking Tyler Linderbaum. Oh uh, yeah, you think I, that's too low for him? I I think the I think it's too low for him because he's going to be elite. I really believe he will. Mm-hmm. I, after watching a play, I, I don't know. Who is going to invest early Pick. in a, in a center slash guard? Yeah, who's really going to play center? I don't. I, people just don't invest in centers that often. I think it's a great spot for Steelers to get him though. Was it was it just last year or two years ago where it was just interior lineman after interior lineman? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So with uh, the twenty first pick, the Patriots pick up Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. First. See that I yeah. almost want to take him even at six. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I think he's I mean, going to skyrocket up boards, personally. I think everybody's projecting him 20s, even some in the second round. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And then uh, two more notable names I want to hit on before that second pick of your guys'. Uh, at 22, the Dolphins pick up Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Oh, what number? Yeah. 22. At 22. Okay. And the New York Jets from the Arizona Cardinals, they pick up Daxton Hill. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Good pick. So, that leaves the Lions at the 27th overall pick. Okay. Yep. And some notable names. I'll give you guys about six of them here. I, I, I got right. a six and that I might, like. We might ask a couple, too. but That's fine. All right. Uh, so, we got Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. ACL. We got Trayvon Walker, defensive end out of Georgia. Kenyon Green, offensive guard out of Texas A&M. Darian Kennard, offensive guard out of Kentucky. Sean Ryan, or Rian, offensive tackle out of UCLA. And Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. Uh, Is the linebacker from Utah still on the board? Devin Lloyd. Is he still on the board? Devin Lloyd still is not on the board for you guys. So he's not available or he's not picked? Sorry. I might have asked that weird. He's not on the board? He is picked right he's already before picked. you. He got picked right before us. Right before us. Yeah. Yep. Son of a... All right. If he was after you, I was All right. What, what wide receivers are available? So you got Williams and Dotson. Williams, Dotson. Chris Olave's got to be gone at this point. Yeah, I would assume he is. Um, Traylon Burks is gone. Okay. What yeah. about the guy from USC? USC, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm trying to, uh, J- uh, not Jackson. That's Drake Jackson. He's, uh, Drake guy. London? Drake, Drake London. London, yeah. Drake London's picked up 17th overall by the Chargers. Wow. So they invested in wide receiver. Okay, yep. so. All right, I, I think this list, the list that you gave us makes sense. <sighs> <laughs> I hate these guys available. <laughs> I also wanted to be Kenyon Green to do a guard. <laughs> We're not even going quarterback options here. Is Pickens off the board? I like Pickens. Ooh, not in no. The, nah, no, he's still he's still on the board. Not in the first round, right? 
He's like a Pickens will be Pickens will be third round in most projections right now. I think. Ah uh, no, he he he's showed just got enough. The NFL frame. Yeah, he most of the projections enough. I see has is third round. He's still available. He could be picked in the first round. He could be still. I would I, love for him to go. I don't top see him 20. on the list. So he he's probably he's yeah, probably he's, still there. He's available. Yeah, George yeah. Pickens is. Yeah. I would personally take one of the other two wide receivers over Pickens personally. Um. All right, I got my my picks in. Are we going to go into the second round and do our first second round pick, or are we calling it at that one? I don't have a second round for you. You don't have a second round. Nope. Okay. Nope, we stuck to just this, the uh, first round. That's it. All right. All right. I haven't even made my first pick yet. I just kind of... Just going to let it flow. <laughs> it's That's between, cheating. It's between three of them. <laughs> it's Come literally on, cheating. It's between three of them. Because you're not supposed to know who's available. Well, it didn't impact anything. All right. All right. You want me to go first? My picks are Absolutely. In. Let's do this. All right. Lions are on the clock at six, and my pick is in. Nope. <laughs> for the sixth overall pick for the Detroit Lions, after trading down with a terrible deal, <laughs> the Detroit Lions select <laughs> Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. Yeah. Doesn't uh, it? Doesn't it just like burn to pick a safety that early though? Doesn't it hurt? Well, I've done personal some. Pre- I've I've been testing the waters of taking him at two. Have you? Really? I have, and I don't like it. I I even watch his film, and I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm either. not convinced, but everybody's telling me I should be, and that's where I'm just be like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna trust other people on this. But if you can get potentially the best, from what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is he's potentially the best player in this draft. Period. End of story. Really? I don't see it. Again, I don't. But that's Some what people are saying. Yeah, because he's so versatile. He can play safety. He can be a cover guy. They're, they're saying he can drop down into linebacker when needed. I look at this as like, okay, this is the Sewell pick all over again. Is it who I would have taken at two? Not necessarily. But you can get the best player in the draft at six. Yeah. I'm going to go walk in blindly, and I'm going to take him. That's where I'm at with that. All right. Ryan, you're up. My uh, The pick is in. <laughs> With the sixth overall pick, the Detroit Lions select George Karloftis, edge rusher from Purdue. What do you know about this guy? All right. Third best edge rusher in the draft. Or fourth. Ajabo, Ajabo might be better. Yeah. Like a pure speed rusher and, and maybe game-breaking ability, Ajabo might be that guy. What I see about uh, from Karloftis is he – He's relentless. Like he is absolutely relentless. He's great. He's so strong. He just like knocks people off out of the way. Um, I don't know if he's always going to be an edge rusher in the NFL. I, what other, I what actually, else would he fit? I actually, he's got a big body and he's compact. He does not have the long arm typical guy that you'd see on the edge. I think he could he could go inside, play tackle, and get after the quarterback from the inside. And if and if he can pair with somebody else, like let's just say Aquara is as good as we hope he is, if Aquara and him are both working inside outside, that's when you really get pressure. That's that's when you become a difference maker. You're talking about Romeo, uh, Romeo Aquara, yeah, okay. or Julian. Uh, I don't care who yeah. it is. One of the Aquaras needs to work out really well. Um, but I think I think Karloftis is one of those guys where if your coach, I don't, he's not my pick because I think I believe in him. He's my pick because I think he could be the biggest game breaker or disruptor if he falls within the scheme at the perfect point. All right. John. Well done. You're on the clock. 
Johnny. I don't have any clock music. Yeah, it, well, you tell me when your pick's in. Oh, pick's in. Oh. Oh, I mean, I wrote this down a long time ago. <laughs> Sixth overall pick. I just want to see Ojabo come play for the Detroit Lions. Ojabo. Yes. I love. Oh, I do love Ojabo. I love that call, by the way. That so is one of the good. best calls. You just see some of these other guys that are, like, blooming in the NFL. Rashawn Gary had kind of a career year with the Packers. Yeah. Devin Bush. It's like, why not go after one of these guys? Chase Winovich. You know, they all have been playing pretty Woody well. Woody Bay had a good rookie year. So oh, he was one of the best for the Colts on yeah. their team. So yeah. I don't know. Go after him. Get him. We need what, it. What I love about Ojabo is I think he has untapped potential, and he really could be num- the number one edge rusher of the entire draft. I love his story, too. I mean, he just started playing football and, like, his family and everything, you know, came from nothing. Might as well go after him. I don't know. I think that's a humble He'll guy. He'll be intriguing to me at, uh, at our second first-round first, first pick. If, if he's, he's there at the second first-round, you take him hands down. I don't care. Even if we already took an edge. At, at I don't care if you have first. Aiden Hutchinson already. You take both of them. Yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. That'll make a lot How of Michigan fans go six be. to midnight. Mike, he might even come a Lions fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not happening. And the Lions Love trade for Grady or Gary. I mean, <laughs> when, every time I trade down, if, if Grady, <laughs> look, if a Jabo's there at, at eight or ten, I'm and we've traded down into that area. I take a Jabo almost every time really? because I think he adds that same game-breaking potential value that you get number one or two. And or second, yeah. second overall, and you you add the assets. When I trade, trade down, down outside the top ten, but. Like t- ten to eighteen, I always think wide receiver. Like that's where my brain goes. I don't want to reach on the fifth best edge rusher. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta. That's think the way I think. Though that's staff. the way. Like I am. I, I think through these drafts. That's why I'm not a GM yet. Yeah, you got to think about this coaching staff and who they believe in. They're they're diving into the into uh, the the core of the team. The guys in the trenches, the linebackers. That's who they want. Yeah. So all right. So let's let's see who this idiot that doesn't know how to trade in a mock oh, draft. Oh. Doesn't know how mock drafts work with trades. Do you want to know who it is I and wanna, where it's from I, or no? I want to know who he took now. Okay. And then after we know who he took at 27, then we can roast this guy My, through the coals with this awful trade that lines. I'm projecting he took Derek Stingley Jr. Three okay. Well, let's figure out. All right. Tell me when his pick's in. His pick is in. He doesn't deserve the whole chime. <laughs> Jeez. Punks. With his pick, <laughs> this is Mike's the mock Detroit draft. Lions <laughs> select uh, Kyle Hamilton. Love this guy. Safety this guy out of Notre Dame. He's a brilliant mother. <laughs> I effort. was waiting for that to dig himself out he of his exactly own hole. He knows exactly what he's talking about. This guy's brilliant. <laughs> nah, this is Sam's mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Kyle Hamilton exhibits excellent short area burst, long speed, change of direction, and clean transitions. A long athletic frame that is both flexible and powerful. I hear it. I hate I that. hear it. I don't see it. I tried to see it. I'm right there with you. I look at the well, film I, I and I'm not convinced. I think the combine will tell us a little bit more. Not that I'm a big combine guy, but he must be doing something that I just don't see on film. But everybody looks slow in Notre Dame, though. It's the jerseys. It might be. Yeah, it might it be the natural ga- grass, Yeah, too. I was going to say the turf, yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Probably the weighted gold helmets. Let's move on to the Brian 27th overall pick. <laughs> Makes everybody look slow. <laughs> My that, pick that GPA. is <laughs> in. All right, I know he has the ACL tear. I know it's a risk. We're not looking to win this year. We might get... 
the second best wide receiver at 27 overall. I'm taking Williams. Ooh. I, I like he's a that project, pick. man. Like my, he's my pick is in. <laughs> Ryan's Ryan gonna wants just talk him to for be me. quiet. Yeah, so he can just Jameson sell. Williams. Yeah. Oh, I picked him too. Yeah, I thought I, you were gonna hate that pick. No, I, I think that. I I think linebacker. If you can get one of the top two guys, it's it, that'd be a great spot for the Lions. But to he's get one not of those. there. He's not there. No, I'm just saying linebackers. Neither one of them. Yeah, were there. neither yeah. one of them were there. Yeah. 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 So uh, at that point, you got to move on, and out of those wide receivers. He could be the number one impact guy out of this draft. With his speed, he has incredible speed. I think he makes Chris Olave look kind of slow. Like, this dude is next level speed. And, and But it's not only that. It's not also just the, the burners. He doesn't rely on it. He seems to have wide receiver skills. He seems to have a, 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 a route tree. Yeah, it's a little concerning that he didn't. He wasn't going to see playing time. In Ohio, at Ohio State to and like stay there and go through that, um, but I mean, Alabama doesn't put bad wide receivers in the league very often. Just Henry Ruggs, uh, the nope. third. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he was good. Bad, bad people, yeah. <laughs> Is he in the league? Just not a good driver. Not no more. <laughs> Which I mean, Ouch. Ohio State doesn't produce good drivers either. So, but that, but that's the trap, I yeah. guess. Rugs. Ruggs is the good comparison where it's like, did he change that team? Was he that valuable? It never never really no, translated. It, it didn't. No, because Devontae Smith did. Yeah. Yeah. Devontae Smith is the real deal. He's a wide yeah. receiver. Ruggs, Ruggs yeah. was never the wide receiver. He just ran fast. Correct. Cool. Waddle, Johnny. Waddle had a big year, right, for Miami? He had Waddle, a good year. And over, Waddle's the underneath guy. Over yeah. 100 catches, I believe. Yeah. Rookie All record. Right, John. All right, pig is in. Um... I'm in the same boat with you guys. I just put down best upside wide receiver available at that. Time. Was it Williams or Dotson? I don't know. I wrote down a couple names, but I, I bet is John Mechie gone? Is he already? Was he picked before that pick or no? I mean, I, no, no. I think I, is Bell still available? Mechie's still available. Yeah, I think both of those are David still available. David Bell's still available. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I just I feel like yeah, any of those guys that, that Ross from Cleveland, he looks good. I mentioned Pickens too from Georgia. I mean, he's just got yeah. the frame and mm-hmm. I don't know the tangibles. He didn't. He wasn't healthy. He didn't play all year. Yeah. At what, whatever upside, best upside wide receiver is available. Pickens has great yeah. hands, though. Dude, I George we, Pickens is. We need a wide receiver. I would love to get Pickens underrated in his draft, but I wouldn't want him in, in the he first ran, round. He personally. ran like a ten point four. 100-yard dash in high school. This guy's a speedster. All right. This Jack A, his yep. picks in. Unless it's Williams, and this guy's just brilliant. Oh, man. With his pick, he's going with Trayvon Walker, defensive end out of Georgia. Okay. So Kyle Hamilton and Trayvon Walker. That's the combo. You guys uh, – yeah, he went defense. I don't hate it. I, I, okay. Can, can you do me a quick favor? Do you have the, the rest of that first round on that paper or no? I've got the or whole did you first stop? round. Okay. Can you tell me who was picked after the Lions to finish out the first round? Yep. We've got Dallas taking offensive guard Kenyon Green, Texas A&M. Apparently this guy is just the the cat's meow. He's, he's very flexible. He's good. He started at every every single position on the offensive line except center this year. And you, you just you can't even make that stuff up. That's, some some that's people want awesome. him to be a tackle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Kansas City they pick up Jamison Williams. Okay. They would pick up a wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay at thirty they pick up 
Offensive guard Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. At 31, Tennessee Titans pick up offensive tackle Sean. I'm going to go with Ryan. He's got an R-H-Y-A-N. And then the Packers pick up Jahan Dotson. Okay. Packers pick up Jahan Dotson? Interesting. I don't see that. All right. No. So none of the guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Who is this a-hole <laughs> who doesn't know how to trade? He's so mad. This, this is a terrible trade. That's a terrible trade. Awful trade. Give me next year's first round on top of that, and I'm going to be like, okay, now we're talking. But don't give the, up a fifth round. Hey, Carl might be what the best you giving up a first round? Fifth round pick for this you're not is, giving up squat for this pick. This, this is trash. what I was telling you. I didn't think Bull you crap. you got enough back. This is Zach Petra from Sports Illustrated. Sports Isn't it Jack or Zach? What was it? Zach Petra. How do you spell that? I'm gonna reach out to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's his Twitter? Z a c k p a t r a w. Zach Petra. All right, all the listeners out there, reach out to Zach Petra. Tell him that he needs to come on State of My Sports podcast and defend himself with his oh, garbage man. trade after the Giants gave up five and seven, and we get squat. Wow. Yeah. Is he they amped? moved up the same man. amount. They moved up the same amount. And yeah, they gave did, up a fifth and seven. Who did, who did we Jacksonville gave up a get? Fifth. Seven. Jackson, Ooh, Jacksonville cool picked part. up a Jabo. Oh, a Jabo. At they seven. Got, they got a Jabo and. Uh, Equanu. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Wow. Hmm. 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 Pretty good. Tweet at him. Add him on the Instagram or whatever you do. Why don't you tweet at That's him? interesting. If Jacksonville, if Jacksonville does want to trade down, I I mean, I don't see, I don't see it. I don't see people <laughs> No, the, no, Jacksonville won't trade down, first of all. No. I think the Lions are in a tough position to trade down, too. Nobody's going to want to trade up at this point. Unless one of the top edge rushers goes first overall, and then if Hutchinson or um, if Hutchinson's there at two and somebody's convinced with him, then maybe. But I, I don't see it. It's crazy how many teams have like a sketchy quarterback position right now, and there's no quarterbacks really in the draft. You know? Oh yeah. I don't know. Is Kenny Pickett the only one that will go in the first round? I don't know. Well, they had Corral or Coral or Corral. I think Matt Corral. I think Matt Corral will most likely go in the first round, but he could drop out of the first. Sam Howell, I think, is almost a guarantee in the first. I think so too. Um, Kenny Pickett, and then uh, dude out of Liberty. What's his name? Um, Malik Willis. Malik Malik Willis. Willis, I think he'll definitely go because of his upside. Somebody's going to really like him. Thanks for doing that, Micah. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. Did want to talk some Red Wings and Pistons before we uh, sign off for the night. We're going to start with the Red Wings. Uh, they're pl- they're uh, one of the streakiest teams right now. They they lost like, uh, it was six of seven. They got a couple overtime losses, so they got a couple points out of it. And all of a sudden, they won two straight against a bad Buffalo team. I don't want to get into that. What I want to get into is the all-star stuff going on. And it, all right. Originally, when, when I was going to talk about this, my, my brain went to, all right, I'm going to grill Dylan Larkin for being the all-star for the Red Wings. Um, but I'm not going to do that. That's because he's got too many points for you to grill him. Well, he he's having a better season than I thought. 
on paper. And he put up two goals today, so I was like, all right, it's not a good time to try to yeah, what's he got, 18? On, 18 now? on him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does have 18 because he had two today. But the, the, the next part that I want to bring up was Lucas Raymond is, is on the um, next player in, basically, so the fan ballot. And, and, and I don't want to hate on either of these guys. I don't want to hate on Larkin. I don't want to hate on um, uh, Raymond for, for what they're doing and, and, the, and the spots that they, they, they deserve. They deserve to be in, both in the conversation for an all-star. Neither one of them are the most important player on this team. Bertuzzi is most important. Bertuzzi is the heartbeat of this team. And the thing that's really making me angry here is... It's not about production. It's not about the C on Larkin's jersey because Bertuzzi's been on the All Star game, bef- been on the All Star team before over Larkin when they're putting up similar numbers. Lark- Bertuzzi is the heartbeat of the team. He is the best player on this team. He's the most important, and we're seeing that day in and day out when he's on the ice. He's played in less games. He- they're both averaging about a point a game, which is pretty solid. Um, for when I'm, when I'm talking Larkin and Bertuzzi, but what I'm really frustrated with is the fact that he's not even on the the fan ballot. And I think what that is is that is a hundred percent a shot as as the only player in the NHL being un, unvaccinated. And look, I'm not gonna yep. say if I'm pro-vax, anti-vax. I'm anti-vax personally, but that's not what this is about. <laughs> you just said this is about. <laughs> I I'm not, this, I'm not gonna say it. But in I'm my opinion, it. this is about the NHL taking a shot at the one player and not allowing him the ability to get voted in because you know they are is. deathly afraid of what that vote might look at look like. They're deathly afraid of bringing in an unvaccinated player, the only unvaccinated player who deserves an all-star sniff just like Dylan Larkin does, just like uh, Raymond does, just like Cider kind of does. Look, I'm not I, none of these guys really do. Because there's well, way better players in the NHL, but each player, each team needs to have a player, and I get that. And the Red Wings, I think, if they had a team vote, a blind team vote of who is your best player, who deserves this chance, it would be Bertuzzi. Tenfold landslide. Yeah, it oh, would yeah. be complete. What well, it, it would make any it would. He is so important to this team. It's it is so, insane it's so obvious, the difference he makes. And that's the problem. Like It's so obvious that he is so important. How could he not even be on the ballot? And it's so clearly political. It is. Why can't we just get past that? Why can't sports just be non-political? Why, why do we have to wrap politics exactly. into all of it? And because look, people's I don't, feelings hurt. I hate bringing into the politics. I hate it. But in this scenario, when you allegedly have one player unvaccinated in the whole NHL. Tell me if I believe that or not. Yeah, a whole bunch of fake cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. The whatever, yeah. Stip- or like the, what do they call it? Uh, when you don't have to get it? Uh, re- exemptions. Exemptions. Yeah. There, I bet you most of them are exemptions and they're just allowing the exemptions to be considered vaccinated. That's my assumption. Canada won't. You'll know who's vaccinated. Canada is not bending on that. Yeah, no, I agree it's with that. because they're communists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no freedom. Um, sorry, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. You're not. No, but <laughs> no flag bearers here. No, but tonight. no, no, no. But but it, <laughs> you it's a good point. It's like it's frustrating as a fan when it's supposed to mean something, and it has nothing to do. We're not voting for somebody's p- political point of view. Yep. If you want us to take hockey seriously, if the the sporting event seriously, then you judge them based on what they produce on the ice. 
how important they are, and that's all we're asking. S- just leave, leave politics out of it. Please. Yes. Yep. And, and, and they are. They a, haven't said anything about it. No, they didn't, and that's the point. Yeah. They told us right there. Yeah, and and it's just disappointing because I think Bertuzzi's the type of guy. Look, I I don't care who makes All Star games. I don't care who makes. Uh, Pro Bowls. I don't care who makes NBA All Stars. Yeah. None of that matters to me. I don't care. Just don't make it political. And that is political. You can't tell me it's not. And that really bothers me. It's unfortunate for Bertuzzi. I think it's unfair for Bertuzzi because he's been our best player. He deserves an All Star sniff, and he's not even getting a chance to get voted in. And that's disappointing to now, me. They had a, again. I, I they had an easy out. Larkin's having a good year. He's eighteen goals, eighteen assists. I mean, he he's earned his spot to to represent the Red Wings. The one thing that really stood out to me when you're looking at numbers is Bertuzzi is plus. This these are our stats before today's game. Plus thirteen compared to Larkin's plus four. They're generally playing on the same line. Mm-hmm. How is that physically possible? Like that's insane to me. That's telling me all he right when Bertuzzi's out. Games, yeah. When Bertuzzi's out for the three games that he's been out more than Larkin. What's happening? It tells me they're losing a lot in Canada. <laughs> they have lost a lot in Canada. <laughs> they have. I don't have the numbers in front of me Without right Bertuzzi. now. <laughs> but, it, it, no. That, and that's just frustrating to me. Again, don't want to lose sleep over who makes an all-star game. He's not losing sleep over it. Nobody in Detroit really is. Just seems unfair. It's disappointing that... That, that that's what it came down to because it's, I feel like it came down to that. It's cool that Lucas Raymond and, got the, this uh, recognition of being like a reserve or whatever, first man up. Um, I think that's cool just because if you're that age, it's almost solidifying like the way you're playing and doing stuff the right way, and it, it might inspire him to work hard and you know all that kind of stuff because he's reaping the benefits from it already. Yep, and I don't want to hate on any of the guys that made the All Star team, and I don't want to hate on any of the guys that are on this p- particular um, page. But I think when you can name two Red Wings alone, that Bertuzzi probably should have got a chance over first. Like that tells me something. So, uh, anyways, cue, great, cue great, that great transition. <laughs> From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Ryan, tell us about the Pistons. Yeah, man. Uh, last nine games with the Pistons, they're five and four, and they they are the second worst team in basketball. They're ten and thirty two right now. So I'm not pretending they're a good team, but it tells you something. With the new year, um, they've been a new Pistons at this point without Jeremy Grant. Without and the whole thing without Jeremy Grant, and I think that's important to to note because they have been learning how to play together in their own way and figuring out whatever team dynamic they have. They're doing it without Grant, so they can continue that kind of process of understanding what the team looks like and, and different additions that might come in without him being in the picture. And I and I think it's almost becoming inevitable that they're going to get assets for Jeremy Grant at some point. Absolutely. Um, I think. Do you think he plays another game in Detroit? Uh, no, I really don't actually think so. So he he's currently if I if I read the correct article he's he got moved to the drive to start a rehab stint. In, yeah, in the G League. Yep, it's starting. So that that's a good that's good news. Uh, but at that point, like, don't let him come back. And it's not like he was the cancer like um, 
uh, Griffin was at, during the end. Yeah. Um, no, no. But it's just like let these let them move on. They've moved on in a, in a lot of ways. Let it not, like don't don't try to adjust it. And I'm not saying they're they're playing playoff basketball or anything, but just let them move on and don't come back and just move them before he he gets a chance. I just like the last nine games. Let me just go through this real quick. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Bucks by nine points. Completely ramped. They got blown out by the Hornets. Not even close. They have 140 points. They got absolutely destroyed by 40 points by the Grizzlies and and then embarrassed on TNT when the, the guys were mocking the Pistons on how they didn't try at all. Then they come back and they beat the Magic. They beat the Jazz of all teams. And then they, they set a franchise worst loss record against the Bulls. They lost 133 to 87. I can't even do the math on that. Yeah, that's a lot. It's like 56 points. That's brutal. And then, I think that was the worst loss in franchise history. Second I, I worst loss or something it's like that. Something like that. And then they go off and beat the Raptors by 15 points and then lose to the Suns by a million. So this team is so bipolar. They're just extreme ups, extreme downs. It, it's, a, it's a sign of youth. It's a sign of where... You know, they're they're if they have building blocks, you know, they haven't figured it out yet. Absolutely not. But I think overall what we've taken from this is that Cade Cunningham's not afraid of the moment. I think he's absolutely was deserving of the first overall pick. I, I don't want anybody else in his place at this point. Um I think clear, his maturity's the, the biggest thing. In that, the pace of play, he just takes his time, he makes good decisions, he still makes mistakes, his turnover rate's still like above three a game, but it's not it's not reckless. He's he takes some chances, but I think he's going to be learning through that the whole way. Um, he's athletic, more athletic than we thought. He's a great shooter, just like we thought. I, I'm really happy with that pick. Um, Sadiq Bey is coming to his own. I think you're seeing him as the secondary scorer. Him and Cade bounce off each other. And then Hamadou Diallo has really come into his own, and he's averaging about 15 points a game over that last stretch. And um, when, when all the guys were out, Diallo was averaging 25 to 30 points a game. And so I think what we saw is his athleticism. He learned how to score, and he's finding his niche within this offense. And then, and then other guys, Trey Lyles and Corey Joseph, those guys might be trade bait at some point too because they really added a lot of value. Um, Josh Jackson starting to come back. Overall, I think Killian Hayes is still the most frustrating player because you see some some spurts here and there. Um, disappointment sometimes. A topic that I've been wanting to do, and I think – you guys can hold me to it that we should do next week is Detroit sports players that we, that are like this close to giving up on or guys that we need to give another chance to. I feel like they're, they're all over. Oh, we could like take a vote on it. Yeah. Like I think the Red Wings have a guy or two. The Pistons obviously have Killian Hayes. The Lions have a CUDA and maybe some other names that are like, Tigers, guys that we like bought into. Yeah. Tigers yeah. we could bring in like prospects and stuff. So just like names that we have to, decide on and which ones are you know kind of like categorize them or something like that yeah that's a that's that'd be a good interesting topic yeah overall i think the pistons they they have their identity it'll be interesting bull bull trade did not go through yeah that was the the big thing we talked about last week was the bull bull trade (laughs) we were like you know this is how it's gonna work john was like all this upside yeah right so Uh, much upside (laughs) just (laughs) the upside is gone he's probably gonna get cut by his team right because he's like you kind of got to cut a player after you try to i mean he probably like you know, I don't know, <laughs> told him off as he was out the door, and it's like, oh, hey, guys, I'm back. Uh, I think it's interesting, <laughs> the the storyline out of that, I think the biggest one, not how much that the trade not going through impacts the Pistons, but more that three out of the last five trades that have been canceled, 
because yeah. of injury concerns have been the Pistons. I'm yeah, talking in and the, the NBA. And there was also a player that, that came out and said that, right? Yeah. Like the, the, he, he made he didn't really say it, but he implied that the line or the, sorry, the, the Pistons do this to kill careers. Like that's I, what he implied, and I I missed who it was. I think it was someone with sort a of. Spurs. It's like no, it's Demontis uh, Servetus or something close to that, but because um, he was part of the the last one, the right? Rockets. He he was a trade with the Rockets that didn't go through. I was actually kind of excited about him, and then I guess they said no because of his knee. Yeah, he, they said he he, can't, he shouldn't be playing basketball, and he, here he is still playing. Yeah, he's playing. Six years later, he's still playing overseas. He's not playing in the NBA. Oh, he's not. Okay, I missed no, that. but he right. but he's healthy and he's playing and he's. He's producing so overseas. Yeah, and I think he, that was his point. Like, <laughs> yeah, but he could play, and that that kind of ruined his NBA career because then he got a bad rep. That's like saying Johnny Manziel. Yeah, you're not good enough to play in the NFL, or you're not good enough to play football. But you, but he's play playing in, in the Canada. CFL. <laughs> the CFL. Well, but if or you're going to reject the, the trade, if you're going to reject, it's just a weird USFL. dynamic. Why are you trading for a guy and then? Declining the trade because of injuries when there's not that big of an injury concern, I don't know. It is a little weird. And how does that translate from GM to GM? It's just it's a it's a weird story. Um, I don't think it's anything to keep our eyes on. Um, Bobol probably wasn't going to work out anyway. So <laughs> high upside, but high upside, no risk, <laughs> no risk, and that was the point the whole time. <laughs> Double bowl. They should have a a a, a bowl named after him. Two bowls. The bowl bowl bowl. Like the famous the bowl? bowl. <laughs> yeah. The like KFC bowl. famous bowl? Yeah, exactly. The oh. bowl, bowl, bowl. Uh, where, where is he from? They could play it in his country? Uh, United States. No, but isn't he from, <laughs> I thought he was from somewhere else. Or his well, dad his, was from... His dad is from Africa. Yeah. Africa? Somewhere in Africa. Sudan, I think. I thought we can't, we talked about this last week, didn't we? Where he was from? Manute Bowl is uh, tied with George Mirson for the tallest player in the NBA in the NBA history. I think... Uh, seven foot seven. They were both seven foot seven. Jeez. But I think George Mirson was like a... Uh, a hair taller. A hair taller? Yeah. So literally a So Manute Bowl was bald. Had, probably had like 100 pounds on Manute Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Not even close. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just like above the shoulders. Like he just had a big head. I think at my biggest, Mir- I, th- I think I had 99 pounds on Manute Bowl. Because <laughs> yeah. I had weighed 199 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Is Let's get funny? into our beer. No, I just <laughs> laughed to make you feel better about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Didn't help. All right, Micah, remind us what we are drinking today from Heartland Brewing Company, established in 2018. Where where, where are they at? Heartland, Michigan, they I'm are, assuming? Yeah, they're in Heartland, Michigan, so that's about 30 minutes north of Ann Arbor, and they're roughly 45 minutes or so out of Detroit. They're kind of smack dab in between Detroit and Lansing. Um, so... Right now, what you guys just poured is their Persistence Peanut Butter Porter. So what's really cool about this, Aaron Reed, our good friend uh, from high school, he's the head brewer there, and he decided to make this a an allergen-free peanut butter porter. That's which, probably pretty rare. Which is pretty rare. It's pretty cool. Um, I think he did it through some sort of oils or something of that nature. Okay. A um, little too scientific for me, but I know I, I like the beer. I tried it last weekend. Um, it's very. Did you try both of these beers? I did. Could you go? It's, could you give them a grade off of off the top of your head or no? Yeah, I. You could. Okay, I'm gonna put you on here then. Okay. okay? 
right. I just didn't think I didn't know if you would have it. So I'm not putting you on the spot to do it right this second. Oh, but that's all good. In about five seconds. Sure. <laughs> no, but keep, keep going. Keep, <laughs> keep going with. Keep, keep explaining what we got here. Um, <clears throat> so, like we said before, this is an allergy-free peanut butter porter. It's got uh, hints of chocolate and caramel in there. I don't know. Have you guys tried it yet? Uh, this is incredible. Do you like it? I wish I was drinking this the whole time. It's a really good beer. I love the smell, the aroma coming out of the growler. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's crazy. Anybody got some jelly? I just want to make a sandwich. <laughs> make a sandwich. So the other beer, their Kolsch beer, is their Sensuous, Sensuous Up, Get Me Another Beer. That's how a reader likes to say it. So um, well done on that Kolsch. I, I did like that Kolsch. That was one of the very few Kolsches I've enjoyed. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, maybe we made a mistake having them in a – growler for a week and that's maybe like a couple days too long possibly yeah yeah but fresh on tap these beers are even better but nonetheless go visit heartland uh they do a lot of fresh pizzas right in front of you. they make them how, right how far behind. is it, how far is the drive from to heartland from here uh hour and a half we should we should so get just, out there for an just episode. past lansing then not too far past Lansing. Yeah, maybe we should get out there for forty-five episode. minutes. So, so you get off the Howell exit and then you just go uh, eastbound. That's you, guys, you guys down to do that? Yeah, sure. All right, Aaron, we're coming. Just be ready. Google Maps is an hour and forty-five minutes. Oh, so we, not too bad. You're uh, right. You're right there. there we you can go. do that. We can do that. Ooh. Well, that just changed by fifteen minutes. <laughs> Thirty <laughs> minutes round trip. Yeah, how long's uh, the episode going to be? <laughs> fifteen minutes. Well. You never know with Ryan, so. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of true. Yeah, I talk too much. I was Nobody really mock draft 17.0, yeah, so we were add about some time. Kelly Olenek coming back and Luca Garza. Did you want me to? Did, did we, I could go full. I'm well, is it MacGruber back now? Or Gruber? <laughs> MacGruber. <laughs> it's definitely MacGruber for sure. MacGruber. <laughs> I saw, like, a, I don't know, an article out of Detroit, too, and they were all, like, praising him coming back. Like, <laughs> no he's, way. He's a great veteran. He, You know, he's good for the team, good and for the locker room. He's like, cut. We just tried letting him go for bowl bowl. They're yeah. like... <laughs> Hi, <laughs> welcome back. That's a bull, bull statement. It's like, I'm so happy you guys want me here. <laughs> I can just Hi. see the article now on the score app. Welcome back. They're gonna send him. To, they're gonna send him to the G League. Oh, they're definitely gonna have a Magruder bobblehead night. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's been wearing the wrong jersey though. Touchdown. Um, what did you guys think of that Kolsch though? All right, so I I really liked the Kolsch. It was very. So it's not necessarily my style, but it's good. I would. I gave it an eight two. I think the, that Kolsch was the first Kolsch I've ever consumed. Not going to lie. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never heard or ventured down that rabbit hole of <laughs> craft beer. I usually stick to the IPAs. Um, yeah. I thought it was smooth, light. It kind of had a little, um, little kickback taste there at the end. I'm not going to lie. It tasted a little bit like THC or something in a way. Uh, <laughs> Which I mean intrigues me a little more too here I'll, behind the behind the scenes. I'll but, have to ask Aaron if he puts some in yeah, there. Yeah, I'm I'm not oh, I'm not lying. I'm gonna say an eight point seven, eight point eight. Whoa, range. Like whoa, a smooth, a smooth drinker. Cow, he likes yes, that. Yes. I'm gonna go eight point eight just to make everybody feel even better. You gotta go. You got like all kinds of German yeah. in you probably then. Hey, well, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the it. movie Beer Fest, right? So I'm wondering oh, if this is something that like you there know. You go. Maybe I think we should get boots. You're meant for our 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 mugs moving forward. Just have the boots. I was actually Fabulous. trying to go to um, 
to Oktoberfest, yeah? which is actually in September, but yeah. Yeah, was, that seems was, that doesn't seem right. In Munich, I was trying to go in Munich, and it and the trip kind of fell through. Thanks, COVID. But yeah, <laughs> it was a good story, right? Oh, my turn. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I think it was as genuine uh, of a Kolsch, true to the Kolsch flavor, yeah. I guess that you're gonna get, and I really appreciated the beer. I'm gonna go eight one. Uh, nice. Really. Really, like th- most people try to overdo it, I think, and, and and it's simple, and it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. It's refreshing, it's smooth, it's fresh. It just it it fit. So one thing I'm I'm a little confused about is the so like the hops very good with their German like that's they're not German are they uh, like yeah. a German style beer but they're mostly lagers right they're like the lager that's, that's German yeah so are Kolsch's more German or are lagers more German. It's very German. Because every time I think German, I, th- I think lager. German. But why is Kolsch, like, wh- what's the difference? you guys know? That would be a great question for a brewmaster. The ingredients, yeah. It, it's it's the base. It's it, the foundation it's of it. It's the ingredients, and according to Google, it's the fermenting process as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, right. That's probably true, then, if Google actually said Google that. knows what it's talking about half the time. Warm, yeah. fermented, with top fermenting yeast, then conditioned at cold temperatures, kind of like a lager. Hmm. Oh, at cold temperatures, Kolsch. Very, very uh, similar. Very hey. similar to a lager. I would just say more flavor. Originated overall. in Cologne. Germany. Cologne. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. Cologne, Kolsch. Cologne Kolsch. is home to the uh, largest <laughs> cathedral in to all of Europe. Together. You okay. are really putting it together well. All right, Michael, what was your grade off uh, of memory? I was going to go with an eight point two. Nice. It's it's Five not eights. my it's not my normal go to beer, but that was a good Kolsch beer. So all right, let's get into the peanut butter one. Did Ooh. we already explain what it was? Definitely did. Perfect. So it just is, rewind it. It is. If dark. you need to a reminder of what this beer is, John, you can go first. Ooh, I haven't even tried it yet, so y'all go first. Ryan, you can go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, this is incredible. It's a good beer, isn't it? This is a really, really good beer. And the f- different flavors, like I feel like I can taste every flavor that they have in this beer. And it, I'm not like – I actually do like porters. I like porters more than stouts mm. uh, in general. But the flavor that they get out of this, it like it doesn't overpower the porter flavor to it. Maybe. I, I don't know. I think it I think it just helps it. It's like just part of the, the ride. Yeah. Um I think it's blended and, and balanced really, really well, but the flavor is still incredible. So yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan of this. I'm gonna go very eight, easy to drink. Eight six. Wow. Now they have another version of this. I wouldn't say strictly of this, but they have a coffee porter. That is pretty darn good. Oh, is it? Yeah. Huh. Nice. Mike, off off your memory. What uh, grade would you give I'm, this? I'm definitely going eight eight on that. Good score. Quick comment from uh, the listeners out there. Jarrett Fenema. Oh, boy. Very good friend of the show. Happiest beer on earth is definitely a Kolsch-style beer, y'all. Oh, y'all. So, Jarrett, you guys know Jarrett from front of the show. Is he German? He's got his own podcast, Happiest Podcast on Earth. It's a Disney podcast, if if you like that type of thing. They just came out with their, their own beer with a brewer in Florida. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and it's the happiest beer on earth. Yeah, it we're gonna must be a Kolsch. And we're I gonna think, give it a grade. I even think though it's not we Michigan are going based. to we're gonna do that if he can get us some. So yeah, he should cold ship us some. 
Yeah, well, I think his his uh, mom is gonna bring some back for us. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Perfect. So we'll we'll drink that as soon as we get our hands on it. Cool label too. Yeah, he sent really the label cool. of it. I th- I, th- I think they did a really good job. I'm so. excited to drink it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, especially after this Kolsch. I, I like Kolsch's now. There you go. You didn't. You never. I knew. didn't even know. I had no clue. Oh, All you right. know what would go great with that Kolsch? Just a meat platter with some cheese on there and some. Uh, mm, that sounds awesome. All right. some I will Wiener bring the Kolsch next time. Next time good. I bring a Kolsch. <laughs> Sausages. <laughs> next time we're gonna do a Kolsch. I'll make sure that I let you some know so you can radish, you can bring a, a mustard charcuterie board for us. Charcuterie. Yeah, hey, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds I good. I probably won't. But um, I'm gonna give my grade, John. Unless you want to give yours. Go ahead, Sam. All right. I'm going to give mine an 8-4. I think the flavors were really good. That's all I got to say. Wow. You guys already hit it. Straightforward. No, I, like I, it. I think it was well done. I really do. Very balanced. I, I think Ryan worded it correctly by saying he could taste all the different flavors. None of them were overpowering. Like A lot of the peanut butter stout or porters and stuff, peanut butter beers in general, they're, they go overboard with the peanut butter flavor, I feel like. Yeah. still taste the caramel and stuff, which is important to me. See, and so. I think that's a high grade for you because you don't typically like these beers a whole lot, do you? Not a whole lot, no. I'm no, very traditional with, like, the IPAs and the, like, yeah, the dark beers are always kind of low to start. But, yeah, yeah I, I really like the flavor of this one. John. Also, I'm super hesitant drinking darker beers, too, which is a thing. I don't know. I, I think they're, at a time, they can get too filling, but... I could drink this beer at nine o'clock in the morning on a non-work day, <laughs> while, hey. while eating a couple donuts from a local bakery. Maybe, beer, maybe Sandy's. No, beer doesn't that. discriminate about what day it is, so um, it, it can be a work day. Yeah, it, it could be like maybe even a peanut butter chip chocolate covered glazed donut would go very well with something like. Wow, that. Man, that you could pour this your in your coffee off. mug and nobody Ooh. would know the difference. Nobody would know. The very difference. specific. You can't see light through it. I <laughs> yeah. tried holding it up to the light. You, there's it? no tint through the beer. It's Amazing. Maybe I, maybe that's why you're hesitant at drinking it because you can't see what's in there. Yeah, there's something like that. Confirmed. Um, I can't even see the light through that. Yeah, thing. it's incredible. Crazy. Uh, oh man, I'm up there too. Eight five. I mean, it's a peanut butter beer, and I'm a huge peanut butter guy. So this is going back to my childhood. Radio. Yes. I think John loved this beer a lot today. He I gave know. it an eight eight and an eight five. I think I'm gonna. We all loved it. We were on the eights. I might even drive to Heartland. <laughs> you guys can all just ride with. We'll, we'll see who drives we'll back. We'll do a podcast? <laughs> yeah. We'll all right, we'll do a up. podcast over there. <laughs> I might even drive to the podcast. Yeah, load everything up in the Cadillac, see how fast we can go. Yeah, baby. Very, very good. Well, no picks today because we still got a game going on. We obviously know who's going to win, Stafford. Um, I think this game's over. <laughs> we're going to do our picks uh, off air, and we will share you share our results with you guys next week when we record. But that was episode 140. That's all we got, right? Am I missing something? You yeah, I thought like we were doing the Detroit Tigers, Tigers. preview. Yeah. <laughs> Tigers. Thank you guys for recording. Thank Lock you all rap. for listening live. Thank you for listening to After the Fact. We'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.